Welcome back to Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro. I'm Ryan. Hey, and I'm Brian. And this is the Bible Bistro, a uh, Bible, a pod, a Bible oh, podcast, podcast about the Bible, about the Bible theology, theology, and all things, things related to the Christian faith. I, I will say no more. You, <laughs> this, you know, is exciting, this, this is an exciting day, though. It I, is an exciting day. Brian, why is it such an exciting day? Well, I, I, here's the reason it's exciting. We're together, finally, at last. Yes. It, you know, we were apart for so long, and now we're in the same room. We've it, had good food. We're going to have more good food later, which yeah. is all the bistro is all about good food. Well, we are in Bloomington. Yeah, and we're in uh, what is this bistro West? West. Yeah. I saw you across a cornfield, and we're we actually, ran te- to each te- other. Te- technically, slow-mo. we're we're in the the spacious studios of Broadleaf Video, Video Production. production. Yeah. Yes. And we're thankful to them. For yeah. So if you're in the Bloomington normal area for or all of Illinois. your, or Central Illinois for all your video production needs, contact Broadly Video. So, but Thank it's also you. my brother. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, family plug there. So yeah, check that out. But we are back in the studio. We're right. back together again. It's nice to be back together. We yeah. had a, a meal. Yes. We didn't nice. just like video chat, zoom each other, watching each other eat. We were actually. <laughs> At a table eating a meal. We've never, we've never done that. We've by never the way. done. I just want to say that. <laughs> Plus, it's exciting because we're, we're, the, you guys are going to really like this part of Daniel. I think you're going to like this part of Daniel, Ryan. I think our well, listeners, yeah, I, I'm excited viewers, for Daniel. You are, know, Daniel, as we talked last week, there's, yeah. there's a split. There's something that happens uh, in there. Yeah, and it gets, you know, I'm excited slash. Trepidatious. Trepidatious. Oh, that's a very good word, <laughs> Mr. Linguist, about where we go uh, from that. But yes, we're jumping into Daniel 1. I think this is going to be a yeah. great series because there's a so. lot happening here. Yeah, there is. And I, and I think it's good. Yeah, I think there's, there's, of course, the Bible relates to our situation anyway, I think, um, once we understand, you know, the meaning. But but I think that, uh, yeah, I think there's some really interesting things here that's, that's going on in the in the first part of Daniel. So that's well, what we're going to be looking at. Well, I'm interested to get into the interesting things. <laughs> well, Daniel 1, I thought we would do chapter, all of chapter 1 is today is what we're thinking about. Yes. Uh, I encourage you to go ahead and read it ahead of time and come up with some questions. So I'll see if you've got anything uh, to kind of stump me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I have anything to stump <laughs> I you. I know you read it. I know you read yes, Daniel Yes, I did 1. read it, but I don't know if I have anything so, to stump you. So, or... so here, here is kind of, when, when I think about Daniel 1, I think about the issue of influence. Um, and, and and I'm going to show you why that is in the story, I think. But what, what do you think? How do you become influential or what? Here's the term today, right? And it, what's, <laughs> You're what's talking a, to the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> I have yet to figure that, unlock that lock. We, we use this term, and it wasn't even a term, what, 10 years ago? Influencer, right? Maybe mm. 20 years ago. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I know how you become one now. You sell your soul to the internet. <laughs> Well, but but influence is a big deal. I mean, we think about it. How do you influence people? And what's interesting here is to see how Daniel and his friends, I say they were the original influencers, right? They 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 had Did a, they have a giant hat like a they had an influence far beyond their station in life is what I would say. And so I think there's things to learn uh, about, you know, what they make a difference in their society in a way that would be unexpected. Because if I ta- if I said to you, well, how, then again, you said this is the wrong person, but if w- what we think about how you influence someone, right, is usually through, you need a big platform, you need, you need, you know, you know, it's just really interesting. I think I think you'll like this story. So we read a little bit. Of, we did the introduction to Daniel last week. You might want to go back there and listen to that if you haven't uh, if you haven't done that yet. But Daniel chapter one verses one and two, we talked about a bit. 
it gives us the historical setting. Do you want to go ahead and read those two verses for yeah, us? Yeah, absolutely. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with some of the vessels of the house of God, and he brought them to the land of Shinar, to the house of his God, and placed the vessels vessels in the treasury of his God. So this is really kind of setting up the conflict we're going to see throughout the entire book of Daniel. Uh, I've often said if I ever wrote a book on, I'm not a, I'm not a good writer, that's why I do things like podcasts. But uh, if, if I were to ever write a book on Daniel, I would call it There is a God in Heaven. And we'll see that actually next chapter. But, but it's this contrast between Yahweh, the God of Israel, and the God of Nebuchadnezzar. Because he takes these articles from the temple, right? And it's funny, the very first part of, I didn't even spend too much time talking about this, but that I won't spend a lot of time talking about it. Daniel 1, uh, these first two verses really almost entirely are taken verbatim from Jeremiah, from First Chronicles, the stories that we have there of the end of Israel and what took place there uh, is what what we see here, that, that Nebuchadnezzar comes, he lays siege to Jerusalem, and then he carries away these articles, and he puts them in the in the um, temple of his God. We're going to see these articles later, by the way, yes. but uh, but that's that's where, where we kind of begin with it. And then he also, he doesn't just take articles, he also takes, uh, I would say, the best and brightest of the people. Uh, let me read a little bit. This is verses 3 through 5. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz. I'm going to stop here. I don't know whether I should say this or not, but I'm, I'm saying it anyway. Um, Ashpenaz is, is last week, I just mentioned this briefly, that there are some people who talk about that there are some anachronisms in Daniel that make it seem like it was maybe written later. Mm-hmm. Ashpenaz is one of that name is is a Persian name. And so that causes some people to say, you know, what's going on. But but we're going to see there there could be p- people with the same names Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to this. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, king of the court officials, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility. Okay, so they were to be young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, all this. There's, there's lots of very similar kind of ideas, well-informed, open to learning, you know, uh, quick to learn, qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them, this is Ashpenaz's job, to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. So they're going to kind of get a crash course. They're taking these Israelite young young men, bringing them to Babylonia and giving them a crash course on basically Babylonian culture. Worldview. Yeah, it, it's this is exactly it. And this this is the, like I said, the conflict that we're going to see here is really that's what it's setting up. Conflict of visions. Yes, I think so. And so the king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. The idea from, from the king's table would have been this would have been the richest, the best kind of food, you know. Uh, and they were to be trained for three years, and after that, they were entered the king's service. So he's taking some of these people. It's an interesting concept, the idea that he's going to take some of these captives, and he's going to give them training in in uh, Babylonian, like I said, culture kind of, and then he was going to use them in the court. It, it would have been interesting because— First of all, you're you're. Uh, it, it's we're going to see one of the concerns that Nebuchadnezzar seems to have is how am I going to maintain my empire? It's one thing to conquer a bunch of nations, but then how do you make them into a cohesive uh, group? And and one of the ideas he has, I think, is to use in his court some of these young men. The other thing is you're taking people from diverse 
backgrounds. In other words, they've had different kinds of learning where they were, and they're able to bring the strength of what they've learned previously into his court. So it's not just when I say just like an echo chamber, just like kind right. of one, one kind of an idea. And, and so I think it's a brilliant concept is what he, do, what he does. So yeah, he, um, he's taking the leaders of a conquered people exactly, and kind of bringing them close and also giving them his education, shaping to, them. So, yeah. so bringing the, them to the dark side, the, <laughs> the people we're going to meet here are, um, are, are young, young men. And we're going to, we're going to learn a little bit more about them. Now, what he's teaching them really is kind of this idea of divination. That's what, he, what he's going to use them in court, uh, kind of the background in, and I'll explain a little bit more what I mean by divination in a minute, but the background of kind of the Babylonian system was you're looking for portents or signs. You're looking to the gods to see if you can get information. And that's, that's going to be important in the stories that we kind of we kind of look at in the next little bit uh, in in Daniel, and so verses six and seven we're introduced to the to the heroes of our story. I'm going to read this too because there's lots of names here that I want to. I'm going to slow down and kind of look at these because uh, I think here this is really an interesting place that we see this kind of clash of worldviews. Among those who were chosen were some from Judah, uh, so these are well. I'll just say that right now, uh, Daniel. Who, who we know is the title of the title of the book, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief official, so that's Ashpenaz again, the chief official gave them new names. To Daniel, the name Belteshazzar. To Hananiah, Shadrach. To Mishael, Meshach. And to Azariah, Abednego. Now, the interesting thing is, I think the names themselves here are kind of a very clear example of this uh, way that he's trying to mold them to think in a different kind of way, uh, because uh, you know the, their names themselves, uh, the the change is is a worldview kind of thing. Daniel's name in Hebrew means God is my judge. Okay, yeah. Daniel. So L is the the word for God. Uh, and Donnie is my judge. So God is my judge is, is what his name means. And what he does, is he gives him the name Belteshazzar. And you can see in there, if you know the name Bell, does that make any, any sense to you? Uh, Bell, we sometimes use the term Baal, oh, yeah. but it's, 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 it, Bell is a, a name for one of the Babylonian gods. Uh, look, look in, uh, just quickly turn to chapter four, verse eight for me okay. of Daniel. And, and I think you'll see an example of this. Okay. Daniel 4, verse 8. Okay, yeah. You may read this here. Yeah. At last Daniel came in before me, he who was named Belteshazzar, after the name of my God, and in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. Okay. So you can see he's he's saying, you know, I named it Belteshazzar after after my God. My God. So, so Belteshazzar in in uh, Akkadian, which is the name of the, which is the language that was used in Babylon at this time, it, it means probably something like, and it, it, there's kind of unclear in, in some ways, but probably what this means is may Bell protect the king. Uh, and, and we're going to see a lot of similar names. So that Shazer and Nebuchadnezzar, you, you know, you hear similar kinds of sounds. And you're going to you're going to pick up some of these some of these meanings. But may Bell uh, protect the king is kind of the idea. So he goes from God is my judge to may Bell protect the king. I think that's the clearest example. Let me let me tell you the other one since we're since we're on this. Hananiah in Hebrew means. Uh, uh, Yahweh has been gracious. 
uh, Hananiah, Yah, that Yah is the is the Yahweh there. So Yahweh has been gracious to me, basically something like that. And instead, it it becomes uh, uh, Shadrach or Shudarach, uh, Shudaraku, which means uh, Aku is the name of the of the moon god in in Babylonian, and so it means something like um, it's some kind of a reference to the moon. Um, and and I'll say there's there's some debate on these names. I should have said this at the beginning. There's some debate about the meaning, and sometimes we even think that the Hebrew writer, like Daniel, would have maybe uh, changed some of the names to kind of show the the messed up nature of this this kind of thing too. And and here's the clearest example of this, I think. So you got uh, Shadrach, or no, no th- not this one. Mishael uh, means who is like who is what God is, or who, basically who's like God. Uh, Mishael, there you see the L again, and his name is changed to Meshach, which is very similar, except there's that Aku again. Uh, Meshach, who's like Aku. So his name goes from who is like God to who is like. It's, it's or like all these names are kind of like a perversion of what yeah. they once were. And, and I'll say I've lived in places where there are more than one culture at work. Like I've, I talk about this in the Dominican Republic where you have Haitian culture and you have a Spanish, like a Spanish speaking culture. And sometimes people will have multiple names, but it's very interesting that he is, he's giving these names. Uh, and in fact, I'll say something about this uh, in, in just a moment, it's an interesting feature of the language as well. But, but they're giving these names to them. They're determining basically that these are what their names are going to be. And so, so uh, Mishael becomes Meshach. It's a part of the what's what's the word I'm looking like an indoctrination, really. Yeah, it it you know it, it by changing a name, learning the language, ner- learning the literature. I mean, it's it's as yeah. much of a cultural cutoff as you it can is. try to make. Like it is. How can I reshape your brain and, and identity? I mean, think about our names. How how close they are to our identity. And, and so to change that, I, I've had a couple of interesting experiences with this. Well, you know, one, I have a I have a friend who's changed his name a couple of times because he didn't really like like his name at all. But I mean, that's very central to to who you are, to your identity. Here was the other thing I was just thinking about when I was when I was doing some research and studying on this. Um, you're you're too young, and most of our listeners are probably way too young to remember. I, I don't feel young. <laughs> Do you remember, this is back when there were things called miniseries. Uh, they weren't streaming series, right? But this was on, on it, was a, it was a TV event. We used to have TV events, uh-huh. right? And it was Roots, Alex Haley's Roots, which was a really famous book that had been written. It was this ambitious thing to make it into a miniseries. And it was a really incredible and incredibly received miniseries. Uh, do you remember that? Did you ever see that? See, I told you you're too young. But as a young person particularly watching that there was one scene that really stood out it was a young uh uh oh who's the who's the reading rainbow guy um uh, oh i don't know jordy laforge in in star trek uh now all our, all of our okay. listeners are shouting at the at the, the person uh, who's on reading rainbow go ahead uh lavar burton a young lavar burton i think is who it is now i may be wrong but but he's he's been brought from West Africa to the United States to be made a slave. He's been sold into slavery. And as the slave master, it's, it's a very intense scene. And again, as a young person, I remember very clearly the, the, the slave master is trying to get him to adopt a, an American name, a, 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 an English name. And uh, he keeps beating him with a whip, basically, and saying your name is. And I can't remember what it is now. I can't remember what the name.
name is that he's trying to get him to adopt, John or something like that. And and he keeps saying, I remember this very clearly, my name is Kunta Kente. So he's basically saying, I, I my name is, you know, this is what my name was given and it was important to him. So <laughs> that came to my mind in this idea is a similar kind of thing. They're saying, this is what we're going to call you from now on. Now, it's interesting to me, I'll go, there's one more name we have to talk about here. It's interesting to me too, we know the name of Daniel, but we don't call the others Hananiah and Azariah and Mishael. We call them Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yeah. We, we call them by their their Akkadian, their Babylonian names that they're hmm. given. Yeah. Here's the last one, and it's Abednego, um, which means something like, and it's probably actually a corruption of Abednego. Uh, it's probably something Daniel changed, but you can actually see Nebo or Nabu in the name Nebuchadnezzar, uh, and that's the the son of Marduk is is Nabu as a god, a god of it's an agricultural god, um, you know god, and so the name Nebuchadnezzar is something like may Nabu guard the boundaries. Basically, okay. you know, keep the keep the so, empire together. So all these names, it's like it's a and some a, perversion of like a, a god in the name. Exactly, Abednego, if that's what it was, Abednego, if that's what it was, would be something like servant of of Nebo, Nabu. You know, this okay. this god. And if I've never told you guys, I think I've told the story of Marduk and Tiamat before, but I'll tell you the story another time if I haven't. But but Marduk's son. Nabu, then, according to their creation myth and according to to their hierarchy. Um, so anyway, that was a long way to go on that. <laughs> on that one part. Well, it was a it was a little <laughs> bit of a route, yeah. But it's but it's interesting that to, to again we don't have that context. There's cultural context here. We're yes. not it's not in the text, but you know it really sets up this battle of sorts exactly. between Yahweh and these other guys. And let me go back to seven again. It says the chief official gave them. This is in the NIV, gave them. And that that verb gave is the same verb that is used in verse eight. There's a little play on words here, I think, where it says, but Daniel resolved not to defile himself. That's the same verb. As gave uh, and resolved. And so so there's, there's a translator, uh, this is a... a Golden Gaze translation in his Word Biblical Commentary, he translates it this way, the head of the staff determined on names for them, and then Daniel determined that he would not contaminate themselves. So you see that kind of battle of wills d there. Digging in a little yeah. bit. Yeah, so he, he, you know, basically, he, I determined, here's what we're going to call you, and Daniel's like, oh, I'm determined not to you know, to contaminate myself is basically the idea. So go ahead and read 8 through 10 for me, if you yeah. would. So move but on. Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he that he drank. Therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. And God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord, the king, who assigned your food and your drink. For why should he see that you are in worse condition than the youths who are of your own age, that are of your own age? So you would endanger my head with the king. So Daniel asked not to be defiled in this way, which I think tells us kind of what the primary issue is here. Um, because Daniel would have been taught to have certain dietary restrictions, dietary restrictions clean and unclean laws. And the food that came from the king's table he he would have had no way to know if it had been you know kosher kosher for what the term we would use uh, you know rich foods probably exotic kind of foods that would have been given 
Uh, and so what he has, and, and so there's, there's a lot of people have done weird things with this text. Let's be, let's be frank, you know, that they've taken kind of the idea of the, uh, you know, the water and vegetables as a, you know, the Daniel diet and all this kind of <laughs> yes. stuff, you know, and, and uh, they, they've, they've talked about, you know, why does he choose this particular diet? Well, vegetables and, and water, you could trust, you could know that those would, would not have been cooked in an inappropriate way because it wasn't only it wasn't only the meat a lot of people think that the meat is the only thing that makes something clean or unclean but the the book of leviticus is clear that it's the way that the 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 animal is killed as well so if you kill an animal in a way that leaves the blood in it rather than draining the blood then it's it's not something that you should eat and you know those kind of things and so so vegetables you could count on, right? Right. They have. They don't have to be drained of anything. <laughs> right. You know, uh, ca- you just know, ca- drained of flavor. Yeah, I was gonna say they're, they're, they're <laughs> ca- carrots or or potatoes or whatever. You know, whatever they had. But but he he says to do this. Now it's interesting that Ashpenaz responds to Daniel's request in a way. Again, this shows that this is a a, a uh, worldview issue as well. Uh, and it comes down to this: is he says, well. I can't do this because then you're look how much worse you're going to look than the other young men. And then the King's going to have my head. Basically he's going to, he's going to be, he's going to know that you've. And so his view is, well, eating these richer foods are clearly what's going to make you healthier rather than, than the diet that you've, you've decided to take on. But, but the issue here again, isn't really, I would say it's not the nutrition. It's not saying, Oh, vegetables are better for you. It has to do with Daniel saying, I refuse uh, to be uh, coerced into into partaking in this culture, and that's really what this whole thing's about. Because here you have these, and and by the way, we talked about this in the introduction last week. I said if Daniel lived these seventy years, and let's imagine he's eighty five at the end of this book, he's probably fifteen to twenty. He's a young mm-hmm. man. He's mm-hmm. he's a probably, and he has his friends probably teenagers here in a foreign culture, right, and. And, you know, obviously being indoctrinated and given these ways to think differently, uh, given these different names, everything done to break their will, in a sense, and to accept the Babylonian way is what's going on here. And they're refusing. And, and that, I think, is really at the heart of what this first chapter is about. So one of the things I think we have to think about in any book, I always talk about this, is when would this book have been written? If this book is written, as I, as I believe, and we talked a little bit about last week, I believe it's written right at the end of Daniel's life. It's written in a time where the return from exile is just getting ready to take place. Uh, the Medes and the Persians have now defeated the Babylonians. The Israelites are getting ready to go back into the Cyrus land. Cyrus is letting them go back. <clears throat> but the question is, how do we, how are we to live you know, now that we are going back into this place where there are foreign invaders who come in, there are not invaders, but other nations have been placed there. How are we to live in this way? And Daniel, I think, provides an example, like there are other books similar to this, provides an example of how to be a, a faithful follower of God in the midst of a, of a pagan culture is really what, what a lot of these stories are about. Yeah, it's really interesting. It reminds me, you know, we went to that retreat with Jody Owens talking yeah. about how Joshua, Judges, yeah. Samuel, yeah. and Kings, like these are books that are written probably close to around the same time, like yeah. while they're in Babylonian captivity, 
how did you get here? And then we have Daniel's right. example as if it's written before they return, like, right. here's how to live, you know, here's what got you here in the first place, but here's how to live faithfully in this new context you're going back to. So you think about it, you think about the book of Esther, right? another yeah. good example of that kind of thing. Intertestamental books like Tobit, we've talked about before, is really about that. Uh, some of the additions to Daniel, things like um, um, the uh, uh, story of Susanna, uh, which is in addition to this book of Daniel, is about that same kind of a thing. How do you resist uh, someone trying to force you into into giving up your faith, essentially? Yeah, I mean, and those are going to be important concepts that take them even through that intertestamental period. You know right. what I mean? Like, there's so much that happens. This isn't going to be the last time yeah. this happens to exactly. them. Like, this is a... Uh, setting up a, a prime example of how do you how do you live in the midst of these contexts and still say faithful to to Yahweh in this? Right. Um, one thing I, I pass over pretty quickly, but I want to come back to is it, is I noticed there it says God caused Ashpenaz to show favor. Uh, actually, it says favor and compassion. Uh, favor is the word Chesed that we you, you may have heard that word before, but uh, God's kind of. Uh, you know, his his mercy or his favor, we could say maybe even almost the concept of a grace. And then also this idea of compassion, Rahamim is is a very strong kind of a love. He had a love for him. You know, he had a, a strong feeling for him. And it says God caused Ashpenaz to show this kind of favor to him. So we've talked before about this idea of how God interacts with human freedom or human free will and those kind of things. And I wondered uh, if you had any thoughts on that or if you wanted to talk about that at all. Yeah, uh, I think, yeah, I think that is really interesting to to think. And God gave Daniel favor. You know, it's God is working in the midst of this, you know, and I yeah. think that, you know, God has used a specific people through, sure. through all this. And I think it's interesting here in the midst of, of, of this, Daniel is used in right. this way, you know, that right. God, God is opening doors for him, yeah. you know, and I think it's, uh, Daniel took the first step in it though. Yeah. Fair point. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, that's Fair one point. thing that I think about is like, um, that there is that Daniel's taking the first step um and and doing it and then God's God's opening the doors as Daniel's taking that step. Okay. I, I find the other thing I wanted to talk about here is I find the enormity of what Daniel's asking here can be seen and basically Ashpenaz is saying if I defy my king's orders in this, it could get me killed. And and, and again, put yourself in him and his friend's shoes. Foreign foreign country being forced into this, you're you're a young person and to have the, I almost said the chutzpah. That's probably not the right word to use. But the, to to have the, to have the, you know, the will, the strength of will to say, I'm, we're not going to, um, you know, do what what's against our our beliefs, against what God has taught us. Uh, it's a very serious issue. This isn't just some kind of like, oh, we'd rather, you know, I don't, I don't like. Um, chicken nuggets so i'd rather just have some french fries you know it's yeah i mean this is this is a violation of their being in some yeah. ways you know what i mean like yeah. i think that's you know i think we see in daniel this is not a flippant belief in yahweh right. like this is you know this is a, a belief that is incorporated in his daily life you know right. and it is it involves the food i eat like it's a it's a whole life discipleship issue right and that's why it's like hey there's we're at a, a crossroads here with this and that I, yeah i don't know if that was what you want me to say about no, like the god using you know god making a way for him but like as i read it you know the thing that i see is like yeah. 
D Daniel has held on to it, and Daniel, as he as he exercises, you know, like fidelity, right? right. God makes blesses a way for that. him, blesses yeah. his fidelity yeah. Yeah. Uh, to him in that kind of a way maker. There is that what you're saying? Go ahead uh, with uh, Ryan. <laughs> Brian is goading me right now. <laughs> read verses eleven through fourteen for me. Oh my we'll God. come back to that maybe. Daniel proposes a test here is what, and it's an interesting, this word test, we see other places, you know, here's, here's a test to see if this is going to work. And I'm reading the ESV here. Okay. So, That's which fine. is why the chief of the eunuchs and the chief of the staff right, thing that right. you were submitting earlier. All right. So 11 through 14, then Daniel said to the steward whom the chief of the eunuchs had assigned over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, test your servants for 10 days. Let us be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance and the appearance of the youths who eat the king's food be observed by you and deal with your servants according to what you see. So he listened to them in this matter and tested them for 10 days. Okay, so there's the test he proposed. Let's try it for 10 days. What can it hurt? You know, see how it works, that kind of thing. So 10 days is all we need to look fit and trim <laughs> if we just lay off the king's food. Yeah, who knows? But go ahead and read verses 15 and 16. It's going to take a couple rounds of 10 days for me. <laughs> What's that? Go ahead and read verses 15 through 16 then. 15 through 16. This is the result, basically. At the end of 10 days, it was seen that they were better in appearance and fatter in flesh than all the youths who ate the king's food. What is fatter in flesh? Well, that's that's the ESV. ESV. It's, it's, it's a very, it's probably the Healthier very. Healthier in flesh or whatever. Yeah. I mean, they. let me read what it says here uh, just to give you an um another possibility it's going to say healthier and better better nourished so it's going to say this is not the 10 day time which, for me then. which by the way which by the way is an interesting it's an interesting it, it takes me to a worldview thing again i'll come back to it maybe yeah. but yeah it fatter and flesh yeah. yeah so the steward took away their food and the wine that they were to drink and gave them vegetables so he he so here's my question then what influence does Daniel and his friends have here Well I mean they the 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 chief of the eunuchs has seen the 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 results here right and he's like so they they have influence cuz now he's changing the diet for all of right. them Right and and it, it's interesting to me it's not a forceful kind of thing it's not it's persuasive. It's persuasive. He's he's saying I I call this sometimes quiet influence right um you know, I, yeah, I, I'm not going to eat this, but I, I tell you what, let's do this for 10 days and let's see how it works. And, and we, and, and what a difference it makes. Now we're going to see it even goes beyond this in just a minute. The story I was going to tell you about this idea of fatter and flesh. See, again, for us, fatter is, it's a, less, it's a, is less than it's a cultural context. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and so I, I can remember one of the first times I traveled down to the Dominican Republic, especially Haiti, people would come up and pat me on the belly. Because right. you're a rich man and you're full it, it, of life. Exactly. And, and you know, at first, like when they're doing it, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know I need to lose some weight. You know, in my cultural context, the only reason you would go, hey, look look, look here, you know, would be like, look at you, fatty. But it was more like, hey, well done. You can you can afford to eat, you know. And I tell you, really. I've had this experience in Cambodia. There you go. <laughs> okay. It's the same, it's yeah. the same kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. And. Again, culturally, we think oh, fat, fatter, but but there's the idea of better nourished. You know, you're able to. Have, you're a rich guy. You've yeah. got you've got the means to do so. so. Yeah. Do you think Daniel like took a photo like every day? If he had a cell phone, <laughs> he'd have been like day one, like a real like day one, starting my new diet. Influencer, the original hashtag, influencer, the, yeah. original influencer. There you go. Day two, looking fatter. 
<laughs> so go ahead and read verse 17 then. This is God's provision then, I think. And and I'm going to contrast this with verse 4 here in just a minute, okay. but go ahead. Read. Just 17? Yeah. As for these four youths, God gave them learning and skill in all literature and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Okay, so he gives them, God gives them as a result of their faithfulness. Again, here we would say he gives them learning and understanding in in all literature. Now contrast that with verse four. Do you remember what it said in verse four? Uh, just the literature of the... Of the Language and literature of the Babylonians. And so basically he's saying it's not just the Babylonians, you know, it's, it, it's a superior kind of wisdom is what we're going to see here. And then we also get introduced to this idea that Daniel is given the ability to interpret dreams. Babylonian context, this idea of divination we mentioned is a very important one. Uh, even in the next chapter, we're going to see this tested then. This is kind of setting us up for the very next story that we're going to have in this in this Daniel cycle kind of thing. Yeah, so, so um, do you see that the the, the learning and skill and literature and wisdom and all this stuff is a result of of God's blessing on them is what right. I would say is God's, you know, they're, they're maintaining their faithfulness to God and he's providing what they need in order to survive in the environment in which they find themselves is okay. the way I would see this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You want to say something about that or? Well, I mean, I mean it's just the, the same, like as, as they have, uh, you know, it, it goes back to the original point, like their fidelity. Yeah. Like it's kind of a Peter Parker <laughs> You know what I mean? Like with much power comes much responsibility. Like it's right. as, as they have maintained their fidelity, God has opened a door for them sure. with, with the diet thing. And then as they've, and like, you know, that as that door has been opened and it's causing influence, he's giving them more capacity for influence. Well, by go ahead, understanding go ahead and read the next three verses then. And then let's, let's yeah, discuss so I'm just this. Saying like, is this yeah. a, a cause and effect? Re read thing? this. Cause I think this is where you're going to then. Verse 18. The, 18 through 21, the, yeah. just finish the chapter At up. the end of the time, when the king had commanded that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. And the king spoke with them, and among all of them was found, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore they stood before the king. And in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters that were in all his kingdoms, and all his kingdom. And Daniel was there until the first year of King Cyrus. So, so this influence then becomes one that becomes empire wide eventually. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, yeah. they're they're called to be advisors. He sees the their he sees their wisdom. He sees their learning, and uh, and and you know brings them close as advisors, and they're able to give their wisdom. You know, the wisdom that God gives them in this in this context. Now, what what were you saying in terms of yeah, increasing basically increasing their you know their ability yeah to, i mean i well I, I think that you know we're seeing this as like daniel said like oh i'm not gonna eat this food right but i think it's like that's probably a, a nerve-wracking thing at this sure. point like you you have been conquered it's a big you step. have been yeah. taken away yeah you are You're not in, in charge yeah you, no one here is i mean yes there is there's they obviously have a they want something from you yeah but He's trying to take like not to say that he's like in total control, but saying like, hey, is there is there an accommodation for us here? We're going to do this. We're going to do this. Yeah, I can't our, do this. We're going like, to do it. That's got to be a, yeah. you know, that is countercultural yeah. to the the world because yeah. at this point the Babylonians are totally in charge. They're the ones that are yeah. the conquering forces sweeping exactly. through. Yeah, and so Daniel's, you're at the mercy of them, but also stepping up to the plate to say like, this is this is against 
so in that context, how remarkable that he's able to have that kind Absolutely. of influence then and ends up being, it, it reminds the other story it reminds me of, does it remind you of any other Old Testament stories that you can think of? Well, I mean, it's Esther. Esther. Jo Joseph's the other one that comes to mind. It, it's it's an echo of Joseph, right? Yes. Where he's sold into foreign slavery. He's in a difficult situation. He's in the prison. God blesses him, shows him favor, and he ends up being the head of, over the prison. Then, you know, he, he, he becomes the second in command because of a dream, right? He right. becomes the second in command right. yeah, yeah. over all of uh, Egypt. And so, so it's a similar kind of pattern, I think, that we see here to what what Daniel, it's a sign of God's, I keep using the term blessing, but I know some people that that term kind of bothers them. It's, it's a sign of God's uh, place in Daniel's life, right? That, that he is, and his friends are given these, these positions, I think, and given these, these, uh, but anyway, I, I just, I find this a really interesting story because we think about influence in a completely uh, different way. Uh, you know, the a, a completely different uh, kind of an idea uh, than what um, what we might have seen, uh, you know, what we might have thought of as in terms of influence in a different way. Not showy, not a power. They're not, they're not influencing from a position of power, right? So when we think about how as believers, this is what I think we need to think think about and talk about in this in this text. Uh, and then I'll ask you if there's some other things that you you draw out here. But when we think about having influence in a in a in a culture, and you've talked about this idea of cultural creation and that kind of thing, uh, often we feel maybe stymied because we're not in in the right position, or we're not we don't have the right uh, what's the the term I'm looking for? We don't have everything that we need in order to have the influence that we really would like to have. Uh, but I think this lesson teaches us that even from a position uh, of subjugation, subjugation, right? Uh, of but but of what what do we have here? We have firm conviction. We have an absolute trust in God. You know, and, and I mean, here's the thing. You know, of course, we're going to see some really incredible ways that God rescues these people, but even. I think for Daniel, even if, even if I die, right, I am going to trust in God because I know that my entire destiny lays in his hands. And I think that's what allows him to have this kind of influence eventually in the, in the society is because what can be seen is his absolute faith in, in, in the God who sustains him. Yeah. I think, you know, firm conviction is in, it, it's not a flippant, it, no. you know, and I think what is hard is you've just been conquered, right? Like this is not just like, this is not a super distant past for you. Right. You know, and this kind of, this reminds me in some ways when we talked about, you know, in the episode was Jesus forsaken, you know, there's this question of like, where's God for you at this right. point? And Jesus calling back to Psalm 22 and like, even though, even though it may look like yeah. God, I have been abandoned or God is not with me. He is with me. Even and though I die. Even though right. I die. Yeah. And so we have Daniel here in the same, kind of the same way, while it looks like God has abandoned us, like still right. my faith is strong in this. Right. And wherever that leads, I stand in that. And I think, you know, as you talk about like, what does that mean for us? You know, I mean, I think that's, yeah. you know, what does it, what does it mean to stand in our faith today? Or what, what is, you know, how do we become in, 
influencers, as you say, through all that. And what does that look like? Yeah. And I think it's, I guess I'm just trying to say, I think it's different than we sometimes think what it would be. Well, if we had a bigger platform, if, well, we, had, if, if we, we were king, yeah. then we could, then we could really have the influence that we want. <laughs> right. right. Or have like our, this, this is influence. Have our, have our person as king. Right? Yeah. It's, it's influence from below instead of influence. Exactly. From above. It's influencing the things that we have control over. Well, and and in can, some ways it's mm-hmm. probably, you know, the king is trying to enforce everything down and it's not working. Right. <laughs> it's, it's obviously right. not working because you, you have these Jews that, that, obviously want to do a different diet. And we're going to see later on that are, it's, it's still is the King's pushing it down and they're still bucking the system. Yeah. Like it's, if yeah. it comes from necessarily from above, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to rise from below. Right. So that's what I think is, is one of the lessons at least we could draw from this. Do you notice anything else in the text or do you have any other questions that you're left with? Question, you know, any other lessons you see that we draw from this or, you know, I think, this is a personal thing for me. I think the wisdom thing is important. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this is yeah, what opens important. the door for them mm-hmm. is wisdom. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, scheming. It wasn't political maneuvering. maneuvering yeah. It wasn't anything like that. It wasn't, well, if I say this, then they do that and all that stuff. It was relying on God, which God opened the door for them to right. you know live out this different eating style that opened the door, but then God blessed them with wisdom, like wisdom and understanding, and not you know it's it's not just knowledge, it's understanding literature and yeah. everything else. Like there's there is a a a, a book, a literal book knowledge here, right? You know that makes them valuable, and like it's their their perspective is valuable on yeah. that, and so how do we become valuable? Yeah. I think you know, that's right. and I think that I, that that to me is something that's um, that kind of sticks out to me is like there's there's value in knowledge. Yes, I yeah. mean they could have just remained faithful and bucked the yeah. system, but like there's also that value, the knowledge that opens doors for them. And, and going back to your point earlier, I think even even their ability to know what God had said, mm. you know, how how do they know oh, I'm not going to eat this non kosher food? They know they know what the Word of God says, and and not only do they know what it says, but they say we are absolutely going to follow it. We're not going to follow man-made rules. We're not going to. We're not going to follow these these pagan rules. We're not going to conform ourselves to the culture, but we're we're going to and uh, stand also apart. we have to acknowledge they're teenagers. Yeah, right. Imagine that. <laughs> I know. I, I know myself as a teenager. Yeah, couldn't be like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and it is different culture and so forth. Yeah. But kind of going, <laughs> are we raising our children to be as firm? Right. You know. Because uh, you and I were talking before this about milk and solid food. Yeah. Like Daniel, obviously, it, it, it's solid food. It's not yep. just, it's not a, oh, it's my parents' faith. Like this is right. his faith that yeah. he is living out to the point of potential death. Yeah. And you got to remember in this in this context, at least to my understanding, that that young Jewish boys would have been taught from the time they were very young, the, the, the Torah, they would have, they would have been forced to not forced, but they would have, they would have been in a situation where they memorized beginning, beginning often with the book of Leviticus is typically where they began first, but, but they would begin to memorize the entire scriptures. And so these were things that were part of their, in their heart. Yeah. And I like what you said in their heart. Yeah. This wasn't knowledge for knowledge sake. Right. This was, and this wasn't Bible. This was, yeah, it, was, it wasn't Bible. Bowl. It was embodied living. Right. It, it was theology that informed how I live my life. And is there any greater faith than a, a faith that is challenged and still yeah. held to it, even in the face of adversity? Right. 
you reminds know. me several years ago the the uh, and and this was you know this was soon after 9/11 and everybody was trying to understand Islam and I read a book about the the uh, Quran and it was very interesting to me because he talks about and I didn't know this until then that young Muslim boys in in faithful households memorize the the Quran in Arabic, right? That'd be like us memorizing the New Testament in Greek, for example. But the surahs they start with, the parts of, of the Quran that they start with are those that have to do with the cleanliness rituals. And I found that interesting because and I thought about that a lot. And and you know, again, I knew the same thing with Leviticus and the and but it's almost like while you're doing the rituals, while you're washing your hands for the meals, maybe the the parents are are reciting this part of the Torah, you know, as we wash our hands, here's how we do it. And it's, it's when you said embodied, that's, that's a, a real embodied kind of, uh, you know, faith. I think when you're, when you're saying, these are the reasons we do these things, these are the reasons we cut our beards the way that we do. This is the reason we, we, you know, it, eat it, the way that we do. It's, it's, you're getting rid, rid of the dualism. Like everything yeah. is sacred yeah. in some ways. And so like how you live your life. Well, the feast too. Yeah. You know, we've, we've talked about that, you know, and, and, and at least the, the modern, uh, you know, when you have, uh, Passover, you know, the, the youngest child in the room is the one who says, why is this night unlike any other? And they recite the story of the Exodus, you know, so Yeah. Something you I'm not, do. I'm not saying we should be Jewish, <laughs> but I, oh, I just think that, you know, we've talked about this. There's something to that. Like there's well, something. the repetition and, and the stories, you know, we've talked yeah. about repeated stories. So, you know, by the time you're 10 or 11, you're going to know the story of the, of the Exodus, the, the largest redemptive story in the entire old Testament. Here's where I think we do it in, in, in our, in our congregations. And I think it's a good thing is when we do the repeated things like the Lord's supper, and we repeat the the words of institution, you know. Uh, and I don't know how, how your guys' context is, but once where you know somebody's supposed to come up with some devotional thought about communion, right? Yep. And they you're trying to be creative. Oh, and, of course. You yes. know, I was watching a I was watching South Park the other. No, I don't, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> I was. Uh, I've heard, I've heard some I've heard some I've heard some pretty outlandish I've heard some ones. Good I've ones. heard some really good ones too. Well, yeah, and don't when get I me say wrong. good ones, I mean some doozies. Well, I've heard the... I've heard some that I can still remember that were very meaningful. But uh, you know, a lot of times it's like, well, creativity. This is not a creativity part. This is a part where really we're reciting and we're saying again these words so that they become a part of us. This is the the body of Christ broken for me. This is the blood of Christ poured out for me, right? And, and we're remembering the institution, you know, the night he was betrayed, he Jesus was took the bread, he blessed it, broke mm -hmm. it, and said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So, you know, it, it's making that a part of us and going through the actions. And, and, and I think that there is something, and even, you know, depending on our learning styles, I suppose, but there, there's a lot to be said for things that we memorize while we're participating. You know, I always say things like Passover, things like the Lord's Supper are are full, um, they're immerse, immersive events, right? They, they We smell, we taste, we touch, you know, it, it, it's involving all of our senses. So anyway, um, but yeah, the, it's just kind of, kind of got a little, little field there, but going back to this, um, you know, for Daniel, I think this was something that he knew well, and he says, I'm, I'm going to stay true to my God and to what he has commanded me. And that's, I mean, what, what would you want of your teenager? Right. right. And that, and that is its own influence. Yeah. Yeah. 
Thank you. Absolutely. Well, Brian, thanks so much. Yeah, I'm excited. No it's a good kickoff. Yeah, I enjoyed part enjoyed two, it. Daniel one. I mean, introduction. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to stop talking. Uh, so, this is the second episode of Daniel. It was great. And, you know, excited to, to continue to, yeah. to work through this and see what Daniel has else to teach yeah. us. See if there are any lessons we can learn from Daniel. If you're joining the Bible Bistro, you can, uh, you know, feel free to follow us, you know, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Yep. Share. We love a good share. You know, you share with friends. So, you follow us on uh, YouTube as well if you want yeah, to see what we YouTube, look like when we do these things. On there. Uh, again, as I mentioned, uh, I'm working on a new website um, to, to maybe help provide some more resources, some books that we would recommend, something like that on some of the topics we've yeah, talked about. Yeah, you've been talking about finding some books on Daniel that, that I would yeah. recommend. So yeah, so I meant to meant to bring one. I forgot. That's so. all right. Uh, we'll, we'll 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 get it. Um, so yeah, or you can you can also click on there to uh, at the top of our webpage to support us if you yeah. like if you like to work. So we can make more trips to Bistro West and East and all the thing in between. So well, Brian, thanks so much. Yeah, and uh, look forward to seeing you next Tuesday. All right, we'll see you, Ryan. Bye.